Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back to Dad Life, a podcast by dads for dads, but we say it every week, Led. It's not just for dads, is it? No, definitely not. Definitely not. Everyone's invited, but it is mainly for dads. Well, we have an audience of a few dads, Len, but we have an audience of some mums, some dads, some aunties, some uncles, and Len, we've released a few episodes now, and I'm manning the inbox. We received an email. We say received some fan email. Fan email? Yeah. We've actually got got some mail. Well, one email. Unbelievable. Did you tell them it's the only ever piece of fan mail that we've got? Well, I spoke to them directly because it was from a mum. It was from my wife. Um, she okay, said, uh, yeah. great job, love the first episode. Brilliant. So any feedback is good feedback. Any feedback. <laughs> but our loyal listeners, we are continuing the conversation today. Uh, obviously, episode one, we spoke about the pregnancy. Episode two, we deal- delved right into uh, the, our birthing stories. And today yep. we're going to be talking about coming home, leaving the hospital, and what was a whirlwind from my end, Len. And I know... Speaking to you, obviously, with your story, it was uh, pretty full on as well. Oh, very full on. Uh, I almost uh, went into an it's coming home sort of song in my head. But no, we are talking about our child, not any soccer related tournaments uh, in England. So, yeah, uh, it are was. You, a- are you reading my notes? Cause- no, no, genuinely not. No, <laughs> because, no. But, I mean, Charlie was obviously born and uh, you yeah. had a little bit of a wilder wait. But I was excited for you with the passion and yeah. the enthusiasm you were showing for your your homeland with yeah. their run in the Euros 2021. Yeah. That's right. And um, I yeah, it was really fun to ride the highs and the <laughs> devastating lows. Devast- um, devast- <laughs> devastating lows. And literally, I was thinking about it earlier and I almost cried uh, just thinking about it. So oh. um, that, Not what we're here to talk about. No, I definitely mean, not. As an Australian, we've got our issues with Italy and the soccer as well. Oh, I mean, yeah, yeah. 2006, Totti took a yeah. dive. Anyway, that's not... We digress. <laughs> we digress. Episode three, it's coming home. He's coming home. Uh, well, then let's talk through sort of where we picked up last time was sort of... Obviously, we went through the birth with our incredible partners. Um, and then we were kind of kicked out. We sort of had to go home with the current world oh, yeah. that we were living in. Uh, oh, yeah. And we were sort of sent home. And how was your sort of post-birth, you know, the come down and then the realisation that you did have to leave and what was sort of coming next? Well, and this is uh, relating to just uh, what we've talked about in the previous two episodes about how um, no story is the same, even though you think, oh, yeah, I've been, you know, you hear about these shared stories. There are always differences and there are always um, a lot of similarities, of course. But um, myself and Mel's journey from the hospital was actually um, pretty uh, problematic uh, for several reasons. And if you recall in episode two, when we went through our birth stories, I um, mentioned the fact that Alfie was born at quite a small size. Uh, 2.25 kilos don't know what that is in pounds um sorry i just i just I, i'm terrible at that conversion Six. who knows oh, yeah. that sounds like a lot send your answers in yeah please let us know more fan mail please um so straight after the sort of um the birth of, of, of little alfie um we were told he was on the cusp of special care um which means that he was in the one percentile so Anything under that, and you're in a special care, no matter what, you're being kept for a few days, monitored, etc. Then he started to, um, uh, his glucose levels went up, and they were pretty confident we were going to be able to go home. Now, I don't know how we would have survived in our situation if we had just gone home, because there was a lot going on, and Alfie was tiny, right? Turns out that he, then his glucose levels dropped, so he was in special care for roughly, I think it was five days in total. So, uh, and during COVID, and I'm sure this is maybe 
consistent in some places right now with COVID. Uh, we, I wasn't allowed to stay at the hospital. Luckily, Mel was allowed to stay at the hospital and stay very close by to the special care um, uh, nursery. But I had to go home every single day and could only visit for certain hours. And it was very stressful, especially for my partner, Mel. Um, because not having that extra support person there, which is what our job is, it is to be the support person, obviously is very difficult. Um, but yeah, like, so so my situation was completely different to yours, Sam. Like, I mean, you 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 literally went pretty much straight home. Yeah, you're not wrong. We're not far off it. I mean, we were we were due date, 1st of June. Yeah. Um, everything was as normal as kind of, kind of to be expected. And as you sort of said, no story is the same uh, in this particular situation. So um, obviously Charlie was sort of born. And then what I would describe as almost a full day's work in terms mm. of everything's normal from our end, the baby's healthy, but there were hearing tests. There was, this is how you bathe him. This is, mm. we got literally the most uh, in-depth breastfeeding lesson that I think we could have possibly asked for. Yeah. Um, because you do your research, you know, you watch some videos and, and you have a bit of knowledge, but you know, um, I mean, I'm a teacher by trade and you never learn more than practicum or going on placement. And it was like having a, a sort of a, a baby placement in, yep. in the hospital then and there. And I think we mentioned it last episode but the midwives oh they are honestly absolute angels and the time that they spent with us Mm. again very very different from your situation len was just really equipping us with that confidence that you know in six seven hours time you're going home and you've got this yeah um so yeah yeah, we had we were we were really fortunate with uh that sort of insight um that we got from the the midwives and and no dumb questions oh (laughs) yeah and i think our situation is quite different, but the takeaway message at home is the same, which is the fact that there are a lot of things that you need to learn very quickly. And without the help of midwives, it is obviously harder. Um, similar to your situation, obviously we're there for five days. Um, and in special care, we probably met seven different midwives. That knowledge that they gave us during those five days, each of them with different tips, different ideas, whether it's to do with breastfeeding, which obviously can be very difficult at the start, or it was to do with bathing, or like you said, or or how to swaddle the baby better, uh, make sure that, you know, Sid's safe, all that sort of stuff. Um, that was invaluable. We literally picked up, we like cherry picked pieces of information from different midwives who obviously because Alfie was so small, we had issues with breastfeeding and that obviously took him a bit longer because of his size. But without their help, we wouldn't have been able to transition into the home as easily as we did. Now, look, it was terrifying. It's still terrifying, um, the idea of uh, being going home and, and, and this is your responsibility now. There, There is help. And, and we'll get on to like, you know, phone numbers that you can call and, you know, at home visits that are possible and local midwives that you go and visit. But, um, you know, you, you are thrown in the deep end. So anything that you can learn at the hospital is of uh, maximum importance. And from my perspective, if you get the option to stay a night in the hospital, um, take it. Take, take the option um, to stay the night because you'll get... Uh, conversations with more midwives who'll be checking in on you uh, and your partner and making sure the baby's okay and they'll help you with a couple of feeds they'll help with the colostrum and all that sort of stuff that goes into it so my advice would be if you know if if, if there is the option to stay 
um, and it's you know not financially implicating or even if you can afford it if it's financially implicating then do it in my opinion it's invaluable uh, time around experienced nurses and midwives who are only there to help you and see your baby grow and be more um, you know healthy in its in its early days which is you know crucial a crucial time for a baby it's it's actually I mean obviously I you have lost count of how many days since we went through all this but it's actually yeah. crazy to think how many more babies these midwives have been involved oh, yes, in mad. and it's just and the absolutely wealth of knowledge that they have and you know as I said no silly questions are, no question is too silly no um but a few little few little tidbits few little things that I've sort of noticed now that I have become a father going through that sort of Okay, Charlie's been born. We're really excited, but we're still in the hospital setting. Yep. Len, talk me through how many of those pink, blue, slash yellow towels you were able to acquire. So many. (laughs) I'm going to tell you something right now, and I feel very guilty because uh, shout out to, you know, Box Hill Hospital, who we we were with, and uh, absolutely phenomenal. Uh, Midwife's great. Um, Those blankets... Uh, you get given blanket like you get given like one blanket right but because we were in special care for five days and we kept changing this blanket I think we got like five blankets I feel it's it's like it's like the Australian Open when the tennis players are just ta- hoarding take the towels, towels. take the towels take it all um, it was you know, and they're great the, and the, the thing is that you don't realise and you know the, the after literally after the birth has happened we were, I was taught how to swaddle a baby for the first time right oh. okay and it's extremely delicate and I'm like, you know, I'm butterfingers, like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. I feel like I'm cumbersome and I might, you know, break something because, you know, dressing a child that small is terrifying in a way if you've not done it before. Um, but they're like, you know, they teach you how to swaddle and then you use this blanket to, to really pack them in there to like, bur- they call it a burrito, you know, or something, uh, which is a great analogy for it. And, you know, burritoing uh, Alfie um, <laughs> uh, yeah there's a verb for you <laughs> burritoing Alfie for you know I don't know how many times hundreds and hundreds of times before we eventually stopped obviously you know mm. doing that uh, it was an invaluable skill and those blankets are integral to getting that correct they're thick they keep them lovely and warm they've got a lovely tint uh, colour you know and the five finger discount when you take and the five finger <laughs> discount you know I never had to buy a blanket again <laughs> Beautiful. There'll be part of some of the audience of what are these guys talking about? But trust me, when you were in that setting, particularly in the in the in the public sector, um, you oh, will yeah. you will acquire a bunch of these uh, blankets, and it's yeah. probably our taxpayer dollars hard at work. Damn straight. <laughs> um, but you mentioned it, Len. I mean, swaddling. I mean, colostrum uh, cluster feeding, which we'll get onto. I mean. Up until that June date, I mean, a lot of my conversations with my friend was, yeah, banter, banter, boys, boys, beers, beers, footy, footy, footy. Fast forward to that day, I don't think I have used many of those words more than I have with some of the vocab that I need now. Mm. It is so different once that all comes to light and you are learning on the go. Uh, What are some of your sort of go-to words or what do you throw into those sort of parenting circles now that you're, you're big on? Uh, after the experience of, of the birth, you mean? Yes. The words that I sort of picked up on the fly yeah. and now use. Um, well, colostrum, we'll talk about that because I'm not going to be ashamed to admit it. I'd, I'd done a lot of research, but when we actually, literally after Alfie was born, I was just like, okay, now what? Um, and I didn't realize that Mel had been storing up colostrum and she had brought the colostrum in. I, I heard her say something about it and I was like, okay. And I didn't really know what it was, you know, early breast milk and, you know, it's this, it's this thicker density and they collect it and they give it to the baby straight away. Mm. And that was crazy because I was actually the first person to feed Alfie. 
Wow. So that for me is quite like um, quite a crazy thing because Mel had just um, obviously given birth and he <clears throat> was very small. So the way that he would drink the colostrum was through a syringe mm. uh, that I would, you know, get him to suck my finger and then syringe a little bit of colostrum in. And I actually ended up feeding Alfie quite a lot during the uh, five days that he was in special care. All that way? Via the syringe? Yeah, via the syringe. But then whilst at the same time Mel was learning, um, Mel was uh, teaching Alfie how to breastfeed. Mm. So there was a double whammy effect going on and he was getting bottle fed. So that doesn't necessarily, and once again, that's not that's not necessarily, that's probably not the way it's done most commonly. Most commonly it would be breastfeeding maybe straight away, or it could be bottle and breast, mm. or a little bit of colostrum then breast. So it's, it, it was fascinating for me to learn that whole side of things. Yeah. Um, and it meant that I could help out, which is something that, you know, exactly, yeah, I've... I remember, yeah, yeah, I remember speaking to a lot of friends leading up, in, and again, you get a lot of advice coming through thick and fast. And a few of my friends sort of jokingly kind of said, and it took me a while to read between the lines, was, "Listen, you're effectively useless for three months." It's a lie, though. It's. I think the way they were going with it was sort of, you know, yeah, the the how the baby's being fed if you're breastfeeding, and you know the reliance on the mother. Um, but yes, it's, there's no, there's nothing further from the truth. Oh, I mean, it, it, it's, within those four walls yeah. of your house, that support person, which is a, you know, a bit of a phrase we have referred to a number of times is absolutely critical. And during COVID at that time, mm. there yeah. was no option for potentially even relatives to come over at that time. Yeah. It, it, it was, you are locked down, you know, um, and obviously you don't want the little one to catch um, no. to catch anything either. And it was at that, yeah. It was it, at that most anxiety-inducing yeah. time as well. Um, I will say that that um, is a common misconception that we, you know, we should address. And people say, oh, you know, and I heard it so much before uh, Alfie was born um, until, obviously, Charlie was born because then I had a bit of context because it was slightly before us. Mm. And you were like, wait a minute, mate, this is going to be hectic. Um, you know, it, you get told this idea that uh, you know, all you can do is make sure the house is tidy and uh, cook meals and stuff like that. And of course you can do that. I mean, look, you know, that's a massive help. Um, and I'm sure we'll get onto it in a minute. But when you get home and babies, you know, believe it or not, guys, you know, they need a, every three hours you're on a cycle. You And it's a quite a regimented cycle, dependent on your baby's weight. For us, it was very regimented because he was so small we needed feeds, we needed top-up feeds, it needed to be regulated hourly, um, every three hours, sorry. So we had a schedule um, and we couldn't miss a feed. Um, so for us, it was all hands on deck every three hours. Now, that's I'm sure you're very similar. You were like every three or four hours yeah. as well, right? Yeah. Um, can I ask, obviously, with that yeah. regimented feeding and yeah. Alfie being, you know, born slightly premature, Yeah. Was it a was it a goal weight? Was it, do we get... Do we get Alfie yep. to the due date? What was the sort of yeah? So the- so so the thing is, obviously, when we discharge from special care, um, we're very fortunate to have the midwife in the home program, which um, meant that if if a, a baby is in special care, a midwife would then come out to the home, even during lockdown, to um, assess the baby's weight, weigh them, see how they're doing, help the mother again with breastfeeding. So we had continual appointments for a few weeks after uh, we went home, which was fantastic. But also on top of that, the goal was to, yes, get him up to weight, improve his weight. We were doubling his feeds, you know, um, because he just wasn't growing, obviously, inside uh, Mel or in, in, in the in the womb. So he needed more sustenance. Um, 
So our goal was just to stick to those feeds, slowly increase, uh, incrementally increase the amount of milk that he was receiving from Mel and then also a bottle feed. And a tip there for me would be if, if bottle feeding from the start, get them on it, get them on the bottle mm. feeding because now Alfie loves drinking from the bottle yeah. and it means that I am able to assist Mel six months whatever down the line yeah. um, if she wants to go out for a whole day or two days if yeah. there's enough milk I can look after Alfie yeah. and we've run into a few challenges with mm. a bit of reluctance on, on, on the old bottle so yeah um, yeah, great bit of advice and I certainly had some friends say that but at times easier said than done because you know, oh, 100%. It's, it's three o'clock in the morning and oh. you're at your worst and um, but yeah we, uh, we're getting around to that but I, I would certainly agree get that bottle into, yeah. into their hands and and it, that three hour mark or four hour mark that we, we were discussing there which is pretty common after birth I think you know that's the recommended sort of uh, guideline dependent on what weight your baby is obviously but a feed every three to four hours you know in that space of three to four hours and this is the key you've got to feed change settle and then get them to sleep again right now a feed at that time when they're that young and not latching necessarily properly could take up to an hour you know um to get the right sustenance i've I've seen you eat len yeah you don't take an hour i don't i'm very quick (laughs) alfie bless him he's 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 learning but he's he's not enjoying the ambience yeah taking it all in but yeah you hear feed and you're like okay this will be done soon yeah No, 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 no 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 um so what we actually end up doing was mel would Mel would breastfeed, then I would do a top-up feed, which I wouldn't say is a bad idea for anyone anyway, to get that bottle, because the top-up feed is with the bottle. So you go straight from the breast to the bottle. At that same time, Mel, your partner, would be getting the clothes uh, clothes ready, change ready, um, and then get the bed ready for them to be swaddled or burritoed, once again, that verb. Um <laughs> Again, so that basically within about an hour and a half, um, you will eventually get that down to an hour probably, which Mm. is great. Then the baby will sleep for an hour and a half to two hours and you get two hours, which is the most important thing. Because guys, this is nonstop. This isn't like, oh, it might be three hours or it might be six hours. No, it's every three hours. So if it's 8 p.m., then it's 11, then it's 2 a.m., then it's 5 a.m., then it's uh, 8, 11, and it goes round and round for weeks it's yeah the routine, okay. routine 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 yeah um yes absolutely oh just it's memories flooding back from mm. just you delirious reflecting, reflecting delirious memories but f- from a father's point of view this is where i mean it's it's an absolute fallacy that yeah all you can do is cook and clean and stuff yeah of course 100 percent do that um but you can help change during this time change the baby uh, you can do that bottle feed which will give you an incredible bond with mm-hmm. your baby as well feeding them okay and then looking at you and grabbing your hand while they feed you it's a magical time um, then you can do some skin on skin time during that time as well um, and get the clothes ready get the bed prepared just anything to ease the stress on the mother mm-hmm. is incredible at that time and will be you know i dread to think what Mel would have been like if she had to do all that on her own while oh. I'm just cooking and cleaning yeah. because I'm telling you now it's not right like no. you, you know you need to step in and help out it's interesting to reflect back obviously you know our partners we love to bit uh, bits we're doing life with them yeah but in this period we're sort of discussing now it's all it's like a shift work it's like you're working oh yeah in unison and you know the opportunity for me to go shower and Ellie to take Charlie and then vice versa there's 
quality there's no quality times probably not the right way to phrase it but well it, there isn't so yeah, i mean there, there's great family bonding time yeah. that's sort of happening but it's just you're not sitting down and watching yeah, uh, creating, american yeah. idol or you know <laughs> is that even on anymore i don't know why <laughs> the fuck that came to my mind you're not sitting down and watching uh, okay no, i'm gonna stop you who's your favorite winner oh what american idol i don't even watch that. i mean oh. in australia they love that but I, I, i'm all about <laughs> you brought up. i don't even Jennifer know Hansen, sure, anyway. oh yeah fair enough <laughs> yeah. um but you just can't you just don't have time to that like if you have a regular show that you watch you know you're stealing moments you're stealing those moments yes instead of being you know having them as a prerequisite yeah. you're right it's shift work glorious shift work shift work that is sustaining life and but, also forming a bond with a, a new human being is crazy but you are stealing those moments yes and that quality quality loving time with your wife partner that you're used to Look a little bit different now. Um, mm. Now we're jumping from sort of hospital to home, hospital to home. I've got two little yep, things I wanted on. to ask you about. Um, okay. Alfie hits weight. You're ready to go home. We're out of here. Yep. How did it all look? Because I know we didn't spend too long. Um, Ellie stayed a night. Charlie stayed a night. I punched it there the next day with a with a um, piece of sushi and an egg and bacon roll. Listen carefully, yep. uh, fathers, around what your partner wants to eat post-birth because they have been starving themselves, oh. steering clear of blue cheese, all types of things. So whatever they want that next day, make sure it is there. Um, and then we were sort of out of there. And I'll never forget leaving that ward with Charlie in the little capsule, um, which we had as the car seat option. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Conversation for another day. And we were told verbally we were allowed to go, but I was like, do I need to sign something? I feel like this yeah, is... Yeah, I feel like... I was like, can someone walk us to the car? Uh, because we parked... I mean, yeah. so I was traveling to and from the hospital. I mean, look, I drove to and from the hospital a lot of times during Alfie's first month of life. For various reasons. We'll get onto hernias and whatnot later in life. But um, I was literally driving to and from and the parking's not the closest the free parking and there isn't really paid parking there either really that's you can get any closer so it's a little bit of a walk uh and, and you know we have to get mel and alfie and this is a very trepidatious time for us because don't forget and this is a tip for anyone else when your partner's been in hospital if they if they do have to stay for a prolonged period of time even I mean, you know even after a day you could get this but i mean like um emotions could be you know very much all over the place because uh, and this is true when you get back home you, you, your partner's having to feed getting enough food to get enough energy to feed all the time is up constantly is feeling potentially a little bit isolated because it's a lot of responsibility so you know you have to just be there to support them and stuff like that so it was a big moment for us leaving the hospital after all of that time five days of having all of that amazing support to then feeling a little bit isolated. Mm. So you're right. I did feel like I literally needed chauffeuring yeah. to my vehicle and then a midwife to get in the car, come home with me, and then stay there for a couple of weeks. <laughs> but that didn't happen, unfortunately. Is that a business idea? Is Can we? Pretty well, good one. Yeah. Um, but no, so we just got in the car and then I drove the slowest I've ever driven in my life mm. because I was just full Were you in the, the Volkswagen full, or the Kia? Brand new car, mate. We've got, right. we got a new family car for oh, it, obviously. Nice. And... Uh, it needed to be done because tolls um, or no tolls tolls mate. scenic route no scenic no, route i was like get home as fast as possible as slow as possible <laughs> literally um very very similar uh yeah left okay we sure you sure i'm allowed is this my baby yes okay great we can go um into the car um again 
fathers out there, car seats, a conversation for another day. Another day, um, yeah. Wow, there's a lot of research in that. Mm-hmm. Um, all snug as a bug. Uh, and then, yeah, drove drove incredibly, incredibly slowly down uh, Burwood Highway, took a, took a ride at Ferntree Gully Road, and then uh, we were home. And that's, I think, really for me when it, it smacked me between the eyes that like, mm. this is incredible. This is this is forever. This is, you're in charge of this little, this little human. Um I'll never forget the first day. It's a it's somewhat similar. I started my teaching career and four years into uni, um, here's your class, you know, first of February you start and then nine o'clock rolled around and I was like, are they leaving me with these 24, 11 year olds for the year? Like, yeah. and there's this photo of me petrified. And that's is kind of what I felt like, but times, uh, times a hundred because yeah, we had this beautiful bundle of joy that we were sort of in charge of now and um, everything had gone as smoothly as in terms of every story is different um, mm-hmm. as it could have for us. Um, and then we were kind of on our own um, in terms of, as you mentioned, some home visits from for some midwives, um, which was incredible um, just to validate some of the things that we were doing right, some of the things we can improve on, another bit of a tutorial around bathing and, and things like that. Uh, yeah. But it was, it was at that time that I probably personally felt as vulnerable as I've felt and ha- hasn't reached that level since. Mm. Uh, but it was a tricky time as well because, as you sort of mentioned, there's no, we weren't really allowed that support person. I mean, we were. No. You could have family over as a support person, but uh, COVID was sort of at its, at its height and we were dealing with that as well. Uh, but Len, it's interesting to note, I mean, I handed you Charlie a couple of days after he was, he was born, born yeah. and taught, he was a baby giraffe holding a, a oh, four God. kilo. You never looked more uncomfortable. I was so uncomfortable. Stiff as a, you know, just statue. Like, I was literally a statue holding this child, Stiff a tiny a... child. Um, and I, I literally just remember looking over at uh, you and Ellie and I was like, so do you want to take him back now? Or? But what is it about that? Because is it is it seeing the birth? Is it seeing what they go through going, oh, you, you, I don't no, have to be as gentle. Is I it think when once you, you get your child in your yes, own hands? <laughs> yes, is when you are responsible for your child. That's the thing. It's like that lesson that people sometimes have at school where they get given an egg. It's your bloody egg. You look after that egg and don't break that egg. Or you can draw a little face on it, little hair, give it a little name. But that's your egg, yeah? So, and and the thing is, when I had Charlie, I felt very wait, nervous. What's this, what's this school lesson? Everyone gets an egg. Yeah, you've got to look after... English up, school system. got to look after so, your egg, bro. You didn't have jump rope for heart, but you had carry an egg. Get, look after your eggs. <laughs> um, but the thing is... It teaches responsibility, right? But when I have someone else's egg in my hand or baby, um, I'm just like, whoa, this is too much. I don't, I don't want anything to happen here. I just, I, I'm going to stay dead still. The baby's going to stay dead still, and then I'm going to ask to you, you to take yeah. him off me. Okay. And you were like, no, 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 he's fine, because you were just looking for any opportunity for someone oh, else to hold the baby yeah. for five seconds. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, but no, it's crazy to think like back on that and how. Um, now, when I pick up a kid, it doesn't matter if it's mine or someone else's. I'm like throwing them yeah. over my head. I'm like, I'm like, I'm doing some crazy stuff. I'm like spinning them up. Sometimes I pick Alfie up and I'm just like, I literally just do it with like my hand. I don't even do it with my arm. I'm just like, all right, mate. And then Mel's like, he doesn't look very comfortable. I'm like, so I'll just throw him up here and catch him there. Um, but that's another, also another conversation for another time. But yes, it was like uh, a very scared. Uh, inexperienced young man. Yeah. I still count myself as a young man. Still in my thirties. Um, so <laughs> um, mid days. So yeah. But um, 
I still count myself as inexperienced in a way, but at that time, very inexperienced. But yes, you're right, I was very nervous. So um, what was something you knew that, geez, you're glad you knew? For me, um, doing the research, you know, um, YouTube's conversations, all that, reading a lot of articles, etc. Something that we knew was coming that I think was great to know about was the cluster feeding. Mm. Now, we obviously uh, went through that probably as planned, given that um, Charlie was born on his due date. Um, and basically what cluster feeding is, is it's where um, the baby is bringing the milk in um, or essentially reducing the colostrum and essentially bringing in mother's milk. And when you hear that, I mean, I, I sum that up in about eight seconds. It does not take eight seconds. Mm. Um, I mean, Ellie put in a work day f- uh, when this Charlie was cluster feeding from from 10 p.m. I think it was until 6 a.m. And I went in and checked, still going. Like Charlie was just continually trying to bring Ellie's milk on. Um, and once it arrives, geez, it arrives. Mm. But um, so glad we knew about that just to anticipate that, wow, the birth's full on. Okay, we've got him home. Um, but we've got this other milestone that's fairly big, which was cluster feeding. Mm. And I would say ours happened at hospital mm. because we were there for a bit longer and had the help of the midwives. So for us, it was a completely different experience where it literally happened on regimented schedule. Um, and that's just goes to show once again how everything's different. Not too dissimilar births in a way, you know, in terms of process, but uh, the, the days afterwards can be completely different. Um, and ours was pretty much all handled in hospital uh, where Mel did get that assistance with Alfie yeah. and weaning, not weaning off the colostrum, but the colostrum turning into breast milk. Yeah. Speaking of breast milk again, probably an episode down the track. Yeah. Um, absolute gold, isn't it? I think both of us. Delicious. Since- <laughs> <laughs> One, two sugars. Uh, yeah. Both of us have had uh, power outages at our house. And oh the first God. phone call is where you got space in your freezer. I've yeah, got yeah. this liquid gold. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, you don't want to lose those reserves. You need those reserves for emergencies. Yes. Especially if you, like I said, um, have got the bottle feed working early so they like drinking from the bottle because that does enable your partner to go out and have a date at a winery if she wants one (laughs) and she has deserved clearly deserves one or wants to go out and just not have to worry about it for a bit you know not pumping feeding um so those reserves are gold dust they are they are buying you time Mm. they're buying your partner time away uh, to relax. There is nothing more devastating when you check the sort of date you've put on those sealable bags. <laughs> just gone out of date. Oh, no. And yeah. you just... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Poor Ellie. Uh, all right, Len. So we spoke about something that we love knowing, okay, in terms of cluster feeding. What was something that you wish you knew um, but you didn't know sort of going through this experience, those first days in the hospital and then um, getting Alfie home? Mm, something I wish that I did know. Okay. Um, I'll go first if you want to have a You think. go first. I've got a couple, but you can go. Okay. The first two um, defecations, um, the first couple that a child goes through, nothing will prepare you for that. Yeah, they're a bit um, weird. They're a bit weird. Um, interesting. Yeah. Um, you know, having done year 12 biology. Yeah. Um, and Piggybacking off that, just quickly, one of mine was um, you think you are going to use a lot of nappies. Um, just... Get rid of whatever number you think in your head and times it by like six because that is the amount of nappies you're going to use. It's insane. Like environmentally, I'm like, you know, I want to use the other sorts of nappies, you know, mm. the environment. It's just not possible, bro. It's just not possible. Oh, in early my, stages. In, no, in early stages, it's just not possible. And 
we went through, I don't know, hundreds. It feels like thousands. <laughs> you know, that would be one thing I'd say. Like, you, nappies, there's going to be more than you think. Way more. The shopping list, yeah, the shopping list for what you need. Nappies, um, we certainly purchased a few of the um, more sustainable one. Uh, shout out to, uh, to Alison Patrick, a friend's, yeah. friend's little boutique. Yeah. Um, sustainable nappies. But yeah, we use copious amounts of the disposable ones as well. Uh, but for me, another thing, um, and this is a bit tongue-in-cheek, but... If we've got future fathers, you know, doing the right thing, maybe going and buying a few outfits for their unborn child, zips over press studs. Oh my god, zips over press studs. Do not get Fucking the studs. Hell, whose idea was that? I, I don't know why they even bother making the other ones. Now, What's... Here, here's the thing: if you don't know what we're talking about, we're talking about the way that the onesies and the, the you know the singlets go over the baby. There are. There's there's different types of connections that do them up. And the main one is the onesies because when yeah. you, but babies are young, they have to be they you know sometimes they wear a hat and they you know they have to be kept warm, so they're wearing a onesie as well. And a baby will wear a onesie pretty much all the time up to the age of like one, whatever you know. Um, the buttons at two five in the morning. <laughs> if you have to connect buttons, and sometimes they're it, it's it's like the Da Vinci Code. Why are they why have they made the buttons? Like, not just, like, three buttons. There's, like, 15 buttons, and they're all, like, don't match up. And if you get one wrong... Yeah, wrong you, one wrong. you got to go back to start. Oh, God. And your it, kids, they're judging you. Yeah. It's pretty simple, Dad. You put the thing Could in the Could be crying thing. its eyes out. Holy hell. Uh, you want the zips. Uh, buy the zips. Just, you'll thank us later. Your sanity. Yeah. As and a yes, father. there's some outfits with a cute little press stud that might look cuter. And you go, oh, look at that. Nah. You, nah. Not worth it, mate. Ridiculous. Get zips. <sighs> Zips good point. Press studs. Very uh, good point. <laughs> um, I would like to talk about something actually, Sam. Yes. So when we came home with Alfie, and you have a similar situation here with Charlie, uh, pets and babies. Pets and babies. Okay. I mean, so so yeah, uh, up until the beautiful Alfie, the beautiful Charlie yeah. were born, we had I mean, other there children. Was a, there was other children that were the you know apple in our eyes, and yeah, bless <laughs> I, him. That that was that was a bit you know, anxiety inducing. Obviously, you want them to get along because uh, yeah. neither of them are going to be out of the house. How did you go? You've got obviously we've got um, a Great Dane, yeah, well mini we, mini horse. We've got a sixty kilo uh, girl Great Dane, and we obviously had the Great Dane before we knew we were pregnant. And uh, like you said, we treat her like a daughter, uh, literally. Uh, bless her she's a bit more neglected these days but she's not <laughs> neglected she's still we love her but you know I, I do feel bad sometimes like god you used to get all these attention. yeah um so she, it was actually a difficult situation because we've been terrified about um she's clumsy she's the sweetest animal in the world she means well she's a people dog she loves people but she wants to be part of everything and she is clumsy great danes are famously clumsy they don't know they're big they will sit on you on a couch because they think they're a lap dog we can't be having that sort of attitude around a baby so we were a bit trepidatious especially with mel being out of the house for almost a week at that stage from the point we went into hospital for induction to back that's a long time for our dog not to have seen mel in Mm. fact probably the longest ever that she has not seen her mum. So there was a lot of emotion going on. But we wheeled Alfie in and we put her on a lead, which is what we did for a, a large portion of the 
early stages with Alfie and slowly let her sniff and she was sniffing a lot because that's what they do they just want to know what's going on I also took home and this is a top tip I took home some of the rags that we used during birth um, in ahead of Mel coming home to give um, Billy our great Dane the scent of um, the baby Mm. essentially and the birth and all of that stuff because that is a tip that they like to do the midwives might even ask do you have pets and they might give you some of those rags um so we slowly introduced billy she's very sweet to this day we are still we don't put on a lead anymore we let her you know but we're very vigilant with uh still and you always should be it's a wild it's not a wild animal mm. it's an animal you just never know um yeah but she's only ever licked and wanted to play with alfie it's just she's clumsy so yeah if you've got pets don't worry about it just slowly introduce them with a lead maybe uh, and um, Murphy's a very good boy, so I'm sure you had no well, issues. You, he's yeah, he's his own soul. Uh, he doesn't mind his own space. But yeah. we were told. I remember the midwife saying, "Have you got pets? Never leave them alone in the baby." And you kind of take it personally, like, "How very dare you? You don't mm. know my dog." But as you said, they're they're, clumsy, they're, they're wild animals, and um, and again, Murphy had never been around uh, a baby before. And yeah, um, to be honest, we're 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 nine months down the track, and um, he's still standoffish. Um, he's still figuring it out. Charlie's going through this period right now where he's right into him, um, yeah. but he doesn't know the difference between a pat and he's yanking out fur, and um, it still takes time. But oh, when they have those little moments, where, oh, they're beautiful. You know, Murphy's that perfect level of knackered and yeah. Charlie's in a fun mood. It's oh, so adorable. Um, yeah. And I think we're going to be a pet family, uh, you know. hundred uh, percent. So yeah. um, important to consider. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was again, just another thing to add on top of that pile. Though. Oh, wow, extra what stress. Else, what else do we have to extra deal with? Extra stress. Um, oh, okay, we've got two last little things I wanted to talk to you about, Len, because huge, huge, huge uh, life event has gone down. Um, yes, we were going through COVID, but then we got the opportunity to sort of open up and um, there's a few knocks at the door, a few people, a bit of foot traffic uh, in mm. the old household. How did you go with visitors? Have you got any advice for, for parents and, and what does the ideal visitor kind of look like? Do you think in a situation um, meeting a baby for the first time, but knowing that routine is absolutely crucial mm. um you know an extra hour in the awake window can undo weeks of hard work yeah how did you go about sort of dealing with visitors you want to show off your baby first and foremost you know you've worked very hard and you've got this beautiful <laughs> creation um and you want to shout it from the rooftops you want to go full lion king <laughs> on top of pride rock and you want the whole congregation to see the baby who okay is- who is Rafiki in your situation? Who is Rafiki? Probably one of the midwives. <laughs> <laughs> Probably one of the midwives, me and, me and Mel looking on in special care. Uh, no, um, you know, so, you know, you want your, your close friends to come over and your family members, your closest family. Look, now, what I will say is just don't, don't go over the top. Just ease into it. Ease into it. you got time. you got time. Those first first week or so first two weeks unless it's completely necessary to be honest with you i would say just focus on yourself mm. uh, obviously friends are amazing and uh people drop around meals and and that which you did for us and we did for you and other family and friends do and that's a huge help so if you are have friends that are soon to be uh parents best thing you can do drop off food um and beers and don't expect to come in don't expect to come in, but just, but, but just, yeah. just be there to support them. And when the parents have finally got a bearing of what's going on, 
um, then invite people over. Do you know what I mean? Because it's great to see people and have interactions and stuff, but don't overdo it. Don't be inviting, like, if you've got a friendship group of, like, 15 friends, you don't want one coming over a day. You need some time, okay? You need to get into this rhythm, get it down pat, feel like a human being again, because especially for the mother involved, they probably don't for Mm. a very long time. Could be months, you know, until they're feeling anything like themselves again. Especially with like emotions and the fact that they're overtired and, you know, you need to give them support. So so don't worry about visits. That Visits will happen. People mm. are going to see your baby. And yeah. they're going to see him after the first month or so. But take those first few weeks at least uh, to get that rhythm and get that sort of routine down. Because that routine is everything for those for that first month at least. And yeah, no one knows the routine like you do. You've lived it. And then if there is a window, you want visitors. I My advice would be, I mean, say no when people maybe ask if you're not comfortable. And then be specific. We've got a window potentially at 11 o'clock today. We'll yeah. need you out by 11.45. Exactly. And people get it. Set um, expectations. Set it up early and then you're not having that awkward you know, having to make nine cups of tea during the day and you're knackered. It's, um, um, cause if done poorly, it can be just as tiring as the whole. Oh yeah. And if you throw that baby out of sync, you're in trouble. <laughs> throw the baby out. No, don't no. throw the baby out. Yeah. Never throw the baby out. But if you throw the baby out of sync, you're going to be in trouble. So don't do that. Awesome. All right, Len, I can't believe we're only sort of six, five days into our child's life in this, in this sort of episode. Mm. So, Okay, we've got our hand head around it. Feeding's going well. We're getting some um, bottle feeds in as well. We're getting yeah. maybe three hours of sleep in a row. Um, how did you go with this sort of sleep cycles? Um, the length of sleep early on, uh, the shift work with Mel, was Alfie for, a good sleeper? For me, uh, well, for us, I was exhausted. Absolutely exhausted. And people tell you, and this is no exaggeration, uh, people tell you, you're going to be tired. You don't. You think, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm used to that. I can be tired. Can you? Because <laughs> I'll tell you something. It's 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 a different sort of tired, but it's one that you just push through, and it's workmanlike, mm. and it's like you've been working night shifts your whole life, and oh. it's destroyed your um, ability to uh, feel regular tired, and you only ever feel really, really tired. Oh, well, um, that's. It's ridiculous as that sound. You articulated it beautifully. Yeah, no, but just... you can't explain it because you don't think it's going to happen. You don't. You think, oh, yeah, 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 I can handle that big time. Don't worry about it, mate. I've got it covered. Uh, <laughs> turns out you don't. So just just do your best. Yeah. Um, Alfie slept really well because he was small. We were feeding him a ton. So he was constantly full and warm and sleepy. And yeah, for that first month, he, it was like clockwork. We put him down to sleep, hour and a half. We'd even wake him up. You know, we'd wake him up to feed him because that's what we had to do. Um, but it's more about you. You know, it's more about how you're coping. Babies are meant to sleep, you know, as much as they do. You're sleeping in such bizarre time, at such bizarre times. And I know people say this as well. Uh, when the baby sleeps, you sleep. Yeah, it's kind of true. If you have an opportunity in the afternoon to steal half an hour or an mm. hour, do it because it will help you in the evening. Oh, things you hear. Sleep when the baby sleeps. It seems obvious, but definitely, definitely do so. Yeah. Um, if you're not a napping person, find a way. Yeah. <laughs> find a way to nap yeah. because you need it. Yeah. Talk to our friend Tyler. He's got some, he's one of the great nappers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, okay. Uh, last but not least, I wanted to talk about the first outing. I mean, we've probably dropped five to six grand on baby things, car seats, prams. Yeah, mental. Um, 
press stud onesies that we don't end up using because they're ridiculous. Yeah, um, And now it's time to maybe go get a coffee, maybe venture out to the park, walk Billy. How did it look? What did you do? How long we were out for? Was it a success? Did it go tits up? Mm. Uh, first outing, uh, we'll get onto this in another episode, but it was the hospital for a hernia, <laughs> for, a, for a hernia exam. So great. Um, There's a 21st story. There you go. So that's our first outing but if you were talking about like a first chilled outing uh it was uh just to get coffee and the coffee shop is literally 100 meters from our house mm. so it was to the coffee shop and back to the coffee shop and then we just extended that len we're screaming out for sponsors yeah mad a- ram cafe okay. um they know me personally <laughs> so if you listen to this please give me more free coffees um but no just just a simple thing like we just went on simple strolls walking the dog and the baby for a couple hundred meters just getting outside because getting outside as well guys getting outside as well is a lovely lovely thing to do because you do get a bit cabin fevery um so just a little oh, walk fresh air really helps mum was mum said it growing up fresh air oh it'll do wonders gee whiz it does uh yeah we went to the oval um hung out pushed the pram around got a couple of great dad jpegs you know with the, mm. the baby bjorn and i think i wore socks and sandals and yeah, yeah. really Really, um, so it's all about lean you, into isn't it? it. Lean into it. So it's yeah. all about the gram. Yeah, it's all about the Instagram. <laughs> oh, Coming from you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now, the last thing I wanted to talk about, and I'm, I'm, I felt incredibly blessed in this situation, and it might be a political conversation, but paternity leave. I've had, I've heard some stories. I mean, some people that you and I go to the gym with yep. had two weeks, and then their partner was seven days late in giving birth, and they had five days, which. I cannot fathom. I mean, mm. I was lucky enough to to um, organize there's, six weeks, and yeah. I, I, you know, there's a stigma around paternity leave. Uh, paternity leave is not well rewarded in certain places. Uh, I would say that Australia apparently has got better. Um, it's now called uh, paid parental leave, I think, instead of paternal leave. Mm. Um, paternity leave. Um, what I will say is, you know, it depends on what country you're in. If you're in America, I'm sure that it's holidays there are quite strict, and I know, I know for a fact that, that, that paternity leave is is more difficult to come by. If you're in England, it's quite well supported. Um, what I will say is, if you can take leave without pay, mm. like so, so look, if you're not going to get any boat like pay from it, which most places probably won't, they'll just let you take time off. Um, or save up some holiday for it. I saved up a bit of holiday. Um, I took a month, um, probably ended up being five weeks in the end. Um, and I've said to every single uh, soon-to-be father that I've known since then, take it, take as long. You need that first month. I don't know, you know, once again, I don't know what, what you know, Mel would have done it, but she would have, it would have been hard. Um, and, and that's the same for any, uh, you know, partner. Give Give them as much support as you can, even if that's, you know, going to get them coffees like we mm. said but uh, you know as the time rolls on the exhaustion grows and grows and grows until you can get out of these cycles of three mm. hours and four hours um so take as much time as you can uh i took a month i would recommend a month to anyone if not longer personally but obviously everyone's financial situation is different and i will obviously not advise anyone to do that if they couldn't do it to support their family that's the horrible world that we live in where it is literally based on money at that stage sometimes mm. um but you know health and well-being i would say a month minimum absolutely agree uh well absolutely jam-packed episode len i'd really i just want to God, say there was you, it was um i wanted this incredibly grateful i think as as men we probably don't sit down and sort of talk through some of these things and we probably gloss over it and put a bit of humor through but 
the real purpose of this podcast is to to have a bit of an open conversation and you know if we reach uh, a few dads that can provide a bit of advice to them and um, our experiences shed a bit of light on what they're about to go through then um, you know I'll sleep well mm-hmm. um, so to everybody a big 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 thank you for tuning in for episode three uh, we're going to keep working hard in providing some more content for you in the future um, yep. we need to look at I mean Len I think American Idol repeats are about to start man. oh yeah, yeah better shoot off shoot off shoot I can off. actually there's enough time now so guys there is light at the end of the tunnel <laughs> there is time when you're uh, at the stage we're at now to actually watch things again like American Idol <laughs> which was probably cancelled like five years ago I don't even know is it still going why did you bring it up I don't I mean, even this know. is how delirious you can get Del- yeah, delirium uh, cheers everyone stay safe stay well and much love thanks guys see ya